Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Biology Bios. My name is Jim Edelman. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Biological Sciences at the University of Memphis. And my purpose with this podcast is really twofold. First, to remind everybody that most Thursdays during the semesters at 4 p.m. in Ellington Hall, we have guest speakers giving talks about their research in all sorts of different areas of biology. So please come and check those out. The other thing is to have those people on here uh, and get to know them a little bit before they give those talks. So we'll be asking them what gets them super excited about their biology, uh, about their research, and uh, hear their advice for younger biologists, folks who are coming up in the, in the sciences right now. I will say that I stole these questions uh, shamelessly from Rhett Miller's great podcast called Wheels Off, so please check that out as well. But without further ado, let's get to our guest this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will start and say, uh, Dr. Heather Bergen-Roller, thank you so much for doing this and welcome to Biology Bios. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, So first, as we're getting started, what I'd like to do is ask you if you could just kind of Briefly introduce yourself, where you are, um, and sort of your main interests in, yeah. in biology. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm at Northern Illinois University. I'm an associate professor. Um, my background is in cell and molecular biology, but I don't do that anymore. Um, and I'll be telling um, the, the audience at the seminar kind of some details about that path. Um, I'm happy to share here too, but what I do now is called discipline-based education research. And the most important is the education research. So I really look at the undergraduate and graduate level of higher ed and those students and the systems that they exist in and try to figure out the best ways to support those students, to help the instructors of those students, um, for those students to be successful. Excellent. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you to dig in a little bit. I'm going to yeah. ask you to dig in a little bit more to that in, in a second. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, so so we've had. Well, we're going to have people that are all over the biological spectrum. You know, folks that are they're still in the lab, like doing that like bench work that you were kind of mentioning there. People that are on the education research side. Um, people that are muddy boots ecologists. Like so, <laughs> so it's really great to have this this uh, this breadth of of um, of projects. Um, yeah. So speaking of projects, I know you have a lot going on, uh, kind of checking through your, your CV there. Um, what is a current project that you're working on and uh, one that you're particularly excited about and why are you jazzed about it? Yeah, absolutely. So the topic, after I went through the tenure process, so before tenure, it's kind of like a scramble, like how can I get get out papers? How can I get to the next step? Um, And then after that application process, I kind of took a deep breath and I was like, exactly kind of what you're asking, like, what do I really care about? What am I jazzed about right now? And how do I, how can I pursue that? Um, So the thing that I'm really excited about right now is including social justice topics into um, biology classrooms. Um, So I have a couple different projects, one thinking about inclusivity of different bodies, LGBTQ plus folks, in anatomy and physiology. Um, I don't think I'm gonna talk about that at the seminar, but it's something I'm excited about. It's a newer project that I'm working um, in collaboration with folks here in uh, anatomy and physiology, in the study, uh, the Center for the Study of Women, Gender and Sexuality and the Center for Black Studies. Um, But the topic that I'm gonna be sharing at the seminar and the, the main thing that I've been working on in the past three years has been a project that we call DARE and it's called, it's Dialogues About Race, Racism and Racial Equity 
in STEM, and eventually we'll get to STEM, but we're starting in biology because most of us are biologists, but we're a group of biologists, biology education researchers, um, instructors, we have a psychologist, we have a sociologist, um, we have a grad student, we have this really great team of folks looking at having these conversations about race, racism, racial equity in the context of our biology classrooms, which is not kind of traditionally where they're found, um, unlike my sociology uh, friends. Um, but having those conversations in order to promote um, inclusion, to promote cultural relevancy, and again, to promote just our students being successful and a wide variety of students. That is super cool. And and yeah, I mean, I agree with you that that it's not something you typically think about in a biology classroom, but I know in my classrooms, uh, it it does it comes up, right? Like even in my immunology class, especially with COVID, right? We had this huge thing that we're all going through and there are gross inequities, right? So it's, it's very much there. And, and it's not something like, certainly not for me in graduate school, it's not something that we learned about, you know, we learned about teaching just a little bit. And it was about like, how do you get the student to understand this thing that the cell does, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that is super cool. Very, very much needed. Um, I kind of have a follow-up question just because we're in Tennessee, obviously. Yes. Um, what's the political landscape for doing something like that in Illinois? I imagine it's a little different. Yeah. Illinois, you know, I, I, we haven't been explicitly told no in any realm, <laughs> you know, from the legislation or from our leadership, K-12, all the way up to higher education. Um, it's been a very nice kind of safe place to talk about those things. Um, however, I will say I, we in DeKalb are in more rural Illinois, um, people say, and I think it's a great description, you have Chicago, and then you have the suburbs, and you have 20 miles of corn, and then you have DeKalb. Um, so yeah, the local climate is, is a little bit different than, you know, maybe some of the Chicago schools get to experience, but I would say it's very open and welcoming, um, with the caveat <laughs> to say that I'm on the college um, diversity, equity, inclusion, justice committee. And prior to this year, you know, we talk about how we can improve things for our students. And we've really focused on um, LGBTQ plus issues and, and race issues. And this year we were explicitly asked to talk or to focus on disability issues, which absolutely deserves the time and the space. Um, but I couldn't help myself from kind of wondering if maybe the political national landscape is part of the driver for the dean to ask us to focus there. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard, hard for me to know with these things. I'm, you know, national pol politics aside, like university politics are, you know, kind of confusing to me still. Yeah. And I've, I've been in universities for a long time. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, I think all that is very super cool. I kind of want to dive into a little bit more of like your personal journey in science. Yeah. And um, like, was there a time that you knew that you wanted to be a scientist uh, or was it sort of a gradual transition? Like how, how did you get where you are? Yeah, um, kind of a gradual transition. And I feel like maybe later in my career than a lot of people. Um, I'm first gen. My parents didn't go to college. Super hardworking, amazing people um, that started life earlier and harder, unfortunately, you know, than main, men than I would hope for folks, um, but really gave me awesome opportunities and taught me really great work ethic that I still, you know, I'm proud of today. Um, I was the third daughter. Um, so like I went to college just like where my sisters went to college because I don't know. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, 
Right. And there I actually started off as an athletic training major. Um, I really cared about people and like the body was really interesting to me. Um, and then I, I did a year and a half of that. And I was like, yeah, this just this just isn't right for me. Um, and I loved my biology classes. Um, in fact, one of the injury in one of the courses we were taking, we learned about injury response and how like how the cells, um, you know, react and, and heal after an injury. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is really cool um, learning about that and the, at the cellular level. So I went to um, a friend of mine had just transferred out of athletic training into biology. And he was like, hey, this professor I talked to seems really cool. Like you should just go talk to him. So I did. And he kind of recruited me over to biology. He ended up being my PhD mentor eventually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, really fell in love with the body again and how it works and, and the processes. Um, so I stuck around, did biology, stuck around for grad school, did Selimelec, looked at how like growth hormone pr promotes um, fat breakdown and growth in rainbow trout. Oh, so cool. not not in the streams, um, but my boots are muddy. It's so muddy up here right now. I don't know how it's <laughs> in Tennessee, but <laughs> um, um, and then there I was like, really set and going on to industry. Um, but I was like, if I'm in academia, I should learn something about teaching because I don't know anything. And if that's what I have to do. So I took a course and that really changed the, my trajectory from biology to biology education. Um, I found that teaching wasn't this performance art that people are just naturally good at much learned that performance art is also a thing of practice and yeah, <laughs> not yeah. innate ability. Um, but I really saw how I could like blend the science that I loved and the helping people and interacting with people that I loved um, and to help the next generation of people, whether they're scientists or um, healthcare providers or just voting citizens. Like that's really where I found my passion. And so I continued down that track, taking a postdoc in education research. And then I came here and uh, at Northern Illinois as an assistant professor. That yeah, that's so cool that like you had, you ha yeah. It seems like this perfect blend, right? Like, but not one that you would know when you're yeah. you know, eighteen years old and just going to college, right? Like, yeah, I didn't know that was a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like that happens to a ton of people, and and even people that like kind of have an interest in biology generally, like, there's a lot of like, well, you're good at biology, you know, probably you should do something medical. Or, you yeah. know, like sports training or, or, or kinesiology yeah. or something like this, right? Mm -hmm. And and so, like, that's, I feel like, still what we, we hear so much in high school. And then you get to college and a lot of us have had these experiences of, like, wait, somebody pays you to do that? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, this one is a little bit weird, maybe. Okay. Um, but... Like a lot of what we do as professors is is writing and we we give talks. There's a lot of like external evaluation. You mentioned tenure. You know, you have people from internal to your university, external telling you whether you're good enough to make the next pay grade. Mm -hmm. um, we also have internal critics that are like telling us, I don't know about that idea. Uh, that's yeah, that's not your best work, man. Or like you should just steer clear of that. Um so I wanted to kind of ask you about that sort of internal voice and, and how do you deal with that internal voice and, and maybe make it work for you or at least make it less loud? That's a phenomenal question. And I appreciate that. It kind of hits me to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I to tell a little story. I, last semester, I, I taught a grad seminar on um, research and inclusive teaching. And we were talking about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. 
and and they you know were kind of talking about it and I shared with them something that had been shared with me and it was like it's not your problem um it's a problem like of the system that then kind of forces I would say these kind of these negative internal thoughts that you're talking about and I was like and sometimes I have some pretty severe um imposter syndrome I mean yeah um, I think, right yeah. and then they were like well how do you deal with it and I was like I focus on my life and how I really enjoy my life. I have two young, awesome kids and I enjoy Saturday mornings watching my oldest play basketball um, and I don't want to be anywhere else. So I kind of talk about the, the balance of life that I have yeah. um, and really enjoy. As far as the work that I do, um, I have, I kind of second guess as well sometimes, you know, am I the right person to be doing this work? Um, have I done the, the right things to, to share the voices that should be shared in this context? Um, and then for that, I solve my problems through talking with collaborators and friends. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I just have to get it out if I hold it in. It just festers and, and it's not a good thing. I just have to really talk through and I have really phenomenal colleagues here at NIU in biology and outside biology and the colleagues that I have in the D.A.R.E. collaboration. They're all really awesome, um, honest. You know, they're not going to sugarcoat things for me. They're going right. to, you know, kind of give it to me like I need to hear it. Um, and but most of the time I'm I'm harder on myself than anybody else. Anybody else's. So, yeah, that's. <laughs> No, that's that's really good advice is is having that that group of folks. Um and yeah, like the things that your internal critics or my internal critic says are like, I would not say that aloud to other people, right? Right. Like my mm -hmm. internal critic is really rude. <laughs> like the hell with that guy. Right. Um but um but yeah, I like I like that a lot. And I think, you know, you said something else there that I think is is strikes me as as kind of a, a good way to to turn that inner critic to the positive of like you were asking you know am i the person to do this am i am i expressing these voices the way they, they should be um i think that's an awesome check to have in the in the sort of work you do right like i would really want a person doing that sort of work to ask that question so yeah. i think you're, you're kind of taking it and making it a superpower instead of a negative which is awesome um Okay, so so speaking of of that sort of like advice on how to to deal with things, but but going back a little bit more broadly, like what advice would you have for like a twenty ish year old version of yourself, someplace in undergrad, um, but in today's world of academia, biology, in today's world? Yeah, good question, and I feel like I actually get this question a lot with my students. <laughs> Um, they come into my office and I try to have my offices, you know, we can talk about class, we can talk about your life, we can talk about whatever. Um, and the thing that I have pushed them the most is to get hands-on experience with what they think they want to do. Um, something I didn't share about my story is when I was an athletic training major and then I switched to biology, I actually was pre-PA. Um, and I had shadowed this orthopedic PA into surgeries and I love that. And Whoa. then we would do rounds um, and, you know, getting to meet these people was really cool. And then... Uh, to get into PA school and a lot of medical professions, you have to have patient care hours that are not just shadowing, but you have to be like doing the job. So I got a job at the hospital doing patient transport and I hated it. Like I absolutely hate, like, I don't know what it was. It was very lonely. It was very, like, I like being independent, but it was very lonely and there was a lot of downtime and yeah. like seeing 23 year olds on the oncology floor, like Oof. it was not good for my mental health. Sure. Um, it, I was like, oh, I did it. I 
I, I have a good work ethic, but I think I worked that job for three months. And I was like, I cannot handle this. And then I changed my trajectory. I was like, okay, healthcare is not <laughs> exactly what I need to do in my life. Um, so that is the advice that I give to students is try to get hands-on. It can't just be shadowing. It has to be when it's your responsibility, that really shows you your future is like, does this spark you? Does this give you energy or does this drain you? And you're just a miserable person at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, and that's, I feel like I hear the other side of that, like more often, you know, like in, in terms of like, well, I know how to get my job pretty well. I don't know how to get other jobs that well, but people, you know, like, what should I do to do research? Well, get yeah. research experience, work in a lab. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that'll really be exciting to you. But, but you hit on getting that real world experience and not liking it. Like, that's not a pleasant experience, but that is so valuable. Yeah. I'm happy it happened when it did and not two years, four years, 10 years down the road. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I don't mean to minimize it because like no, right. I'm sh those three months probably sucked. Like they, <laughs> they really didn't sound like they were fun. Right. Like that was not the good fit. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, in retrospect, you can kind of see like, oh yeah, I'm glad that I had that experience. That's yeah. Well, that that's really handy. Um, I'm hopeful that, that our listeners and our students are going to hear that and, uh, and take away, um, some good lessons from, from what you've talked about just in general. Um, do you have other, is there anything else I should have asked you is what I'm trying to say? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. That's, the things I like to do for fun. I'll tell you the things I like to do for fun besides Hit work. Me. Hit me with <laughs> it. Um, like I said, my kids are in sports, soccer, basketball, um, dance. I love, I love watching them. Um, I play volleyball. And in fact, I'm playing my first volleyball tournament in like 10 years on Friday. Wow. So good for you. I'm worried, but I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I like to run and I like to read a lot of, uh, a lot of fiction. <laughs> nice. <laughs> to differ from the work that I, the reading I do at work. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I, I like I like this idea of balance. And I think the more that you talk to people, you realize that the idea of the the single-minded one-track professor, I mean, I, I think it exists. Yeah. Um, the people that are just like, if they had a different job, they would go home at night and read books about organic chemistry or something. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sure it happens. Yeah, uh, right. But I think the, the majority of us, like, do have some balance. And I like like you, I kind of need that right brain, left brain thing. Like, yeah, so that's super cool. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, well, I think that that is uh, about all I have, actually. Um, so um, unless, there's, unless I'm missing something, I think no, I'll... No, sounds I'll, good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I'm really looking forward to your talk and to meeting you in person. All right. Sounds great. It was nice to meet you too. Thanks very much to our guest, Heather Bergen-Roller. You can check out her talk next week. Uh, that is February 15th, 2024 in Ellington Hall at 4 p.m. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much. <laughs>